Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. <laughs> you know, Gina, considering you are the writer and I am the vocalist, you definitely sing more than I do lah on our shows. I just pretend I'm not on air and I'm just singing it to another friend. Like how I tell them stories lah. I guess so lah, because if if I know that it's like you, then it's very stressful because uh, you sing so well and I feel that I'm like, like yeah Not qualified to sing for you So I just pretend It's not you lah No lah You should only be stressed Because Every time you burst Into a song right It gets stuck in my ear I mean like Earworms for the next Two hours That's why you tell me Don't randomly burst Into song when we travel right? <laughs> but No lah I never say one lah I just say you see What you've done Yeah but that's not my fault You see And that's what I do All the time I have like random lines Playing in my head And I cannot sing The full song So yeah, one line, two line. That's how it is. But today, the Hakuna Matata song, though it's not Malaysian, is obviously actually from the movie The Lion King. It's the word king that reminds me of Mata King. What? Like that also can? Yes. <laughs> it's totally random lah. Like me and you are always random, right? But anyway, it's at Mata King that there are no worries for the rest of your days. It's a problem-free philosophy. <laughs> anyway, that song's just brought me back to Mata King. And I wish that I was there right now. In fact, during the whole pandemic, it was one of the places I go like, ah, bagus lah kalau I'm there because it's gonna be even quieter than usual mm. and because there's no guests allowed and I mean on a normal basis it's really quite quiet lah because the island has limited accommodation for people and they're like the only island with a resort it's no town or whatever so like if you are not booked with the resort you are not on the island so the island itself is I would call it quite exclusive nice to hang around and stuff like that Yeah. and then now that there's no guests going in I'm sure it's even nicer yeah <laughs> so actually I wouldn't mind being marooned on Mataking Island you know during the pandemic I think it would be perfect. Well, I don't know about 18 months lah. One month can lah, you know, hone my diving skills as if I have any real diving skills. But you passed the basic diving course. Like exploration level two. Better than me, okay? I can't remember passing anything when it comes to diving. I don't say like that lah. I actually felt quite bad that, you know, didn't go into the deep area. But I must say lah, it was quite a scary experience because... As a singer and a swimmer also, right? I mean, I'm quite good at holding my breath lah, kan? But then the first thing they tell you, right? When you go diving or when you go for the instructor, what you call that? The briefing, kan? Is don't hold your breath. <laughs> I For me, it's like, hold your breath, don't hold your breath, don't open your mouth. And if you have water in your mouth, you need to do this so that, but you must do it properly or you will burst up. Yeah. And then I was like, it's so stressful. I was so afraid that whatever, one split second, if I cannot think and I don't have time to think, I might explode in the water because my lungs just explode <laughs> because, yeah, like whatever. So it's like stressful, man. Yeah, the, okay, the most scary part for me was the, what do they call it? You know, when you climb Mount Kinabalu, they call it acclimatizing, right? Yeah. When you go down, pressurizing, I think, don't know what I was called. That's why, right, I kept stopping as we went down to make sure, like, my my body or my lungs was kind of getting used to the pressure, you know, so I won't explode. <laughs> but I'm really happy la, that I, I managed to have a go. I've, I've honestly 
never been really keen on diving. It's something that um, I would like to be underwater to see all the pretty things, the Nemo, the Dory and everything else. But uh, being at an asthmatic, when I was a kid, I was quite a bad asthmatic patient, right? Mm. I needed to go to the clinic to sit down twice a week to oh. get my oxygen, that kind of thing. Wow. So when I needed to go diving, the first thing I thought about is like, I'm going to die underwater because of that <laughs> because there's so much focus on breathing when... Um, Breathing focus is not something that I concentrate on daily. She said the same thing climbing Mount Kinabalu. I'm so going to die up there. Yeah, because Mount Kinabalu also have thin air and everything. So in the first place, and there is certain clause that says that, you know, if you're asthmatic, you can't brew it. But if you're off asthmatic for a long time, you can, which I have been off asthmatic since I was 10. So that's like 20 years there. But that does not mean that I still don't think about it when I look at the column that says asthmatic. And I'm like, but 20 years doesn't count. But what if it does count when I'm in the in the water or you know up on the mountain but then the thing is my sister is a pro diver she actually have a license and everything mm. that she likes to go and see the turtle and the shark or whatever is it when she does do her, her diving and she's asthmatic oh. so it doesn't like seems to affect her as much as it affects me considering uh, she's still using an inhaler nowadays I don't but yes, to me, I don't have to go diving. I will just settle for snorkeling. I can see things um, in the water at Mata King, two meters, because everything is clear. I can see the starfish. Uh, that, that's good enough for that's me, man. That's true. La. Though I have to say, la, going deeper is like... A whole new world. <laughs> you sound like my sister, man. My sister also say that. Anyway, since we're talking about this whole diving, snorkeling and all that, which sometimes makes me comfortable, sometimes don't make me comfortable. At least there's one part that's comfortable about it, which is Aaron's story. Aaron! Aaron Roar! Oh no, Aaron Roar. Roar, yes. Yeah. The marine biologist gun at Mata King. Yes. You know, I always thought that marine biologists just study marine life. Or at least the condition of our seas lah. I'm not sure about that lah. I think they need to go swim with the shark or swim in the sea in order to like, you know, study biology, marine life. I mean, one of my high school friends wanted to study marine biology because she wanted to swim with the sharks. Whoa! Hey, if I know that lah, I maybe might have gone to study science instead of insisting go art stream. <laughs> but yeah, you remember what Aaron said, right? There are three types of people who work on an island. Yeah, you've either got to be really brave, really dumb, or you're running away from something, was it? <laughs> something like that. La. So which was he? He, uh, he, okay, he said he got tired of doing his uh, lab job at the university. So he wanted to be in the field, la like hands-on kind of thing, right? So I think that's his way of making a difference in his world. So it's quite interesting that when we first know him that he said he does coral rejuvenation and I was like, coral what? Like, you know, in my mind, how do you rejuvenate a coral? Like, I mean, it's an idea or concept that totally does not click in my brain. So yeah, so he was saying that we can actually help sick corals or broken corals to grow again. And what did they call these broken corals again? Yeah? Uh, opportunity corals. Because they have an opportunity to keep growing and living if we help them out. Lah. So I thought it was pretty amazing, you know? I mean, who would have thought that you can actually replant corals i know right i know i can replant my beans my you know my herbs in my garden so that i can always have a bundle of it like you know so in my brain when you say can replant coral it's like fundamentally 
corals are like plant that's sick I suppose that makes sense to me you gardener so you pandai lah benda macam ni <laughs> I think it just never clicked before that corals are plants so yeah it's so pretty and everything that I should probably have guessed that they're plants but actually ah uh, corals are not plants what do you mean they are not then then how do they grow I mean broken and put into soil grow then like plants what okay I discovered somewhere that corals are actually animals I think they are called colonial organisms as in actually they're individual creatures uh, but they live and grow together in colonies so animals not plants my brain is wrapping around the fact that they don't have feet and they live together and they look like one thing <laughs> that's why you have to replant them lah Okay, I obviously fail in biology. Um, anyway, can you just tell our friends what does it mean to replant a coral? Okay, so Aaron and his team, they go jalan-jalan by the beach or well, they, well, they go swimming or diving, right? They will collect all these broken corals that are being tossed by the sea and then they plant them in sea biscuits. Yum, 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 biscuits. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Gina, Gina, makanan je. Tapi, these biscuits are not at the edible kind. Yeah, lor, because it's one part cement and one part sand so that the coral can be fitted into the mold to stand nicely, right? Tahu juga. I concentrate, ma. <laughs> Then they plant these biscuits in chicken... Chicken wire already? Eh? Like the chicken wire structure, they call it. They actually ah, yes. plant the entire chicken wire structure at the bed of the sea so that the coral can continue to heal and grow nicely. Betul! What a novel thought, man. I think my sister would have loved to see that for herself. Lah. It's so meaningful, you know? You know, I'm so going back to Mataking so I can get my next level certification so I can go so and... So you can go and post my mail at the first and only underwater post box in Malaysia. Ha, that was not what I was going to say, but also can lah, also can. But that's the only reason I would have considered diving. Anyway, do you know there are only five underwater mailboxes in the world and Malaysia has one of them at Mataki. Yes, and it's a shipwreck, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's in a shipwreck or something. So the ship was called Mataki One or something like that. For you. Uh, it's an old 40-foot wooden cargo ship that used to be, you know, docked at this island and stuff like that. And the ship has not been in use for a long time. So wow. the owner decided to just sing the ship ship at their famous reef in front of the resort and then place a mailbox at the front section of the shipwreck view wow. so that now anyone who's like me crazy about mailing and snail mail can put their mail into this uh, special sea waterproof plastic poster bag and then drop it into the mailbox underwater except that it's so deep under I will need someone like you to do it lah Can lah, I help you post, but only if the next diving level allows me to go that deep. Because it's a shipwreck, right? So it's got to be pretty deep. Do you remember how deep? I don't remember at all because I don't plan to go down that deep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll make sure that I write uh, postcards and then uh, out of the many postcards, I will address one to you so that you can drop it off for me, okay? So I post it to myself? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's to bug you semangat. But besides that postcard that you're going to receive, like I'm sure you received one from Kota Kinabalu or Mount Kinabalu. I mean, when I was up there, I don't know whether it arrived or not. To give you extra semangat, I play you a song, okay? Boleh bakalau kau. Hey, that's the song we're gonna play by Jonathan Z. Let's hit it! Come 
What's wrong with my hair, girl? Please tell me. Woke up at the wrong side of my bed. Just let me be. But after some time, I will be back to okay. There will be sunshine again After the dark stormy rain Bolivar cow I know it's not a good day But I'll give you attention You keep me on my feet Bolivar cow I'll give you my hand Let's walk, let's talk It's a fairy tale Just have to confess that I'm falling for you. That I'm falling for you. No, it ain't obvious. I'm sorry, I was not in the mood. Not in the mood. But after some time, I will be back to okay. Cause there will be sunshine again. After the dark stormy rain Believe I'll call on cow I know it's not a good day But I'll give you attention You keep me on my feet Believe I'll call on cow I'll give you my hand Let's walk, let's talk It's a fairy tale reality Believe I'll call on cow I know it's not a good day But I'll give you attention You on my feet Believe I've got a cow I'll give you my hand Let's walk, let's talk It's a fairy tale reality Actually have a plan. Gina always has a plan. I I really want to apply for a job there when the pandemic is over. A job? Doing what? 
um, help out in the kitchen, I cook quite well, or maybe story writer write all the story of everyone who come to the island, or maybe photographer take some photo, or um, just be a friend to our guests who because I can speak English, maybe I don't know anything at all lah. Like pakau leo lah, also can. Not a bad idea actually. I need to first apply first to know if I can qualify. Then I need to find myself a nice, handsome guy, maybe a sea gypsies, and be the wife of a pirate in the sea that I can be out there forever are you calling the bajau laut pirate no lah I'm writing stories as usual in my brain dreaming you know that's all I always do anyway one of the reasons that I rarely stay at island resort is because it's usually a very very pricey affair you know mm. you can tell like on that day I remember going there and say wow free flow buffet all day long leh. and then I remember the staff look at me like hello it's a common practice if you have an island resort right. because there's no food anywhere else <laughs> so yeah that's how jakun I am about living on an island but yes if you are jakun like me if you're going to an island and there's no town on the island then your holiday package usually would include your food three meals a day at least and imagine right everything needs to be transported from the mainland I mean that's a given lah but I did imagine when I first arrived I was surprised to find aircon on Mataki <laughs> electricity like means for me right you have to have like a big giant generator somewhere or the electricity cable somewhere underwater far away but I think quite far lah because Mataki is one of the furthest island away from Sempona yeah. so it's like all that money to just get power up yeah so I mean for Mataki definitely would be generators lah how to put cable for an hour's boat ride from mainland cray cray uh. yeah it'd be so cray that no one can afford to go <laughs> <laughs> betul 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 <laughs> but the good thing about Mata King I think is because like just now I mentioned right it's the furthest island away from Sempona mm-hmm. which also means that a lot of people don't think about going there or because it's too far it's not like part of the um the reef population or the golden triangle reef that divers go for lah. Mm. so um, because of that the the privacy of the place is so valuable and I kind of appreciate that after listening to the staff telling us like you know they have repeated guests because the guests have stayed on other island or resorts nearby yeah. and find that it's different yeah and the folks are so friendly my goodness yeah 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 they're so friendly I feel like it's a it's a family thing I mean like uh, the folks at Mataki are doing so interesting stuff for example like you know Sofia who who, who's, who actually owns or runs the Mataki place like she was saying like oh we started off with uh, eight chalets and then not enough then become more chalet then we started from a small restaurant and then after one year not enough then bigger bigger restaurant then <laughs> we realised that oh people like spa and gym despite the thing then they just add and then the recent time we, the latest time we talked to her was there was a chapel that she, she's building and I'm like it just keeps evolving, you know? Wow, I got chapel already, ah. Means can elope there, lah. I mean, get married there. Yes, yes, yes. They say you can. The first couple who got married at Mataki, you might actually know him, you. Siapa tu? Ijam, the superstar with his own band. I think it's called Madison. Oh. Yeah. His wedding was the first one at Mataki. And guess what? He had an underwater wedding. Wow. With fishes all going here and there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went. That was all of that. But yeah, so if you are looking for an underwater wedding or sunset wedding, uh, I normally thought we only do this in Bali, but apparently we can do that in Mataki, in Sabah, and you know, the folks are going to make it happen. But I must say, right, his wife must be very secure. Yeah, I would be sitting down there thinking, I burst my lungs while I try to get married and say I do. No, not because of that. <laughs> Why? Because there's so many other fishes in that sea. Ah! 
Anyway, uh, I remember when the manager Kat Masura was telling us is um normally lah because it's a very exclusive resort, right? So if you have guests that want certain stuff like hey, I would like to have barbecue on the beach, then they will the the staff will actually get it done for them. Or I would have a party or karaoke as long as it does not disturb other guests, then it will also be arranged. So I kind of think that that's what would make a wedding special because then it's a bit more customized. Yeah, customize it. I think I would go for the sunset version lah. Combined with the new chapel. Don't know, maybe ceremony inside and then reception outside. Because underwater one, right? I mean, if you hold your breath, like, you can't even say vows, how lah. And then, tiba-tiba, <laughs> you know, you hold your breath, then terus mati, then kesian lah my husband nanti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't try that. Jangan nanti marriage you jadi tragedy. For you, berima-rima kita ni. But hey, marriage and eloping aside, you know what I really liked about Mataking? What? That see-through transparent canoe. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Anyway, it was my first time in that situation. In a canoe or a transparent one? Both. Because it's a bit frightening. It's like it's my first time, right? But people all think that I do it all the time, right? So I got on and then as I was looking at it, everybody can see what I'm doing. So transparent, I feel so insecure. But yeah, I just like how um, the resort always has two or three things in mind. For me, their keywords is like they are very innovative. They always come out with new things to, you know, inspire the people to really spend time outside, outdoors and stuff like that. Besides the fact that there's no internet. Anyway, I need to go pee. You continue dulu. Anyway, so you guys have to just bear with me talking since Jurita will take a while. So Kak Masura, the manager of the resort at the Mataki, probably was like the first staff since the resort started about 20 years ago, was telling me so many stories lah. So one of the stories uh, or whether the issue that they always been dealing with is actually staff employment. Uh, most of the staff they uh, come from the Bajau Laut community and they are uneducated. Most of them can't even read or write. You know, they're buta huruf, but they really want to come and uh, serve in the hospitality field because, you know, it's one way to provide for the family and it's something that they can actually learn to do through training. So, uh, Kamasura was saying that, you know, that it's quite a challenge to actually uh, train them up to do proper housekeeping, cooking, serving, how to talk with the guests and all that. And most of the time, after they've trained it up to be like, you know, bole deliver the job already, right? Uh, most of the staff will actually leave because uh, a lot of people are not long-term when you actually work on an island. So it's very difficult because you have to be like away from your family. So if you're a married man, right, your wife and your children is somewhere else and you're stuck on the island working, working, working all the time. So she said that most of her staff are actually um, short-term. Uh, the longest will be a month sometimes. It just changes all the time. But... There are some staff who've been like around for a bit longer because maybe they got used to the routine and stuff like that. And I remember there's this story she was saying uh, two of this uh, one guy, one girl worker met and then on the island they, and got, they got married. And they got married and live and work together now. Oh, you're island. back. I actually let the show went on because you were gone and everything but I cannot press pause because it felt weird. So yeah, I hope you don't mind. The all. show must always go on. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so you were saying? So I was saying, right, the Mataking staff are really a tight community because day in and day out, they only have each other, they work with each other, their job is to, or rather, they actually quite happily make guests happy, they are quite willing. So you know why now I want to work there? Because it sounds like a very nice working environment. Yes, I do. I just want to go there and, as Aaron would say, live the tan life lah. 
maybe we could also introduce other things, right? Like solar panels, so they won't be so dependent on the generators and all that. Yeah, bring in more ideas, right? Since they're all open to ideas and uh, basically we're just finding reasons to be back at Mata King Sofia. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Hin, <laughs> Anyway, the second thing that I really wanted to share about, uh, about Mata King and the community initiative that they have mm. is actually this thing we call the Reef Day. Once a year, they actually bring in students from Sampona and Tawau. I mean, like, literally, like, you know, if you're from Tawau, one hour ride to Sampona, and then you get a boat and another one hour ride to the island. So much effort and trouble just to bring all the students together to attend workshops, to listen to talks by marine biologists or the WWF folks, to learn how to do beach cleaning wow. and then take care of the environment and all that. And while you're on this nice Feel school field trip, right? You get to go scuba diving too, what? like what paradise. Wow, now that is what I call educating the next generation now. Because actually this generation also needs to learn about this. Eh? Yeah, I think everybody le- needs to learn about this. But to make learning that fun, at night you have all this party, dancing and singing karaoke, it's like the ideal school trip. Yeah. Fun plus learning, no better combo. I can't remember my school trips being this happening, honestly. In fact, it must be so not happening that I don't remember much of it at all. <laughs> but I really do think, right, that when we see firsthand la, the beauty of our land, or in this case, the sea, right, and the harm that we ourselves are doing to it, it really changes our perspective on life. Um, and then we become more grateful. You know, we definitely would do a better job of taking care of our world, la, I think. I think that's very, very true lah because um, you need to like experience it to know how serious it is, you see. Anyway, I also wanted to share one of our experience at the Bajau village which I think is like must be shared lah. But I'm hungry already. So am I. I was just about to say I'm hungry lah. I don't want to talk more about Bajau lah because <laughs> I'll be talking about food again. Anyway, next week we will be chatting about Malaysia Day of course. Mm. Then maybe the following week we can sambung the traitor on the Bajau friends because that one episode I want to share is both morbid and horrifying but so real that I just must share lah. That's Jida Yap Layung signing off with yet another cliffhanger. Oops. And I'm Juwita Suito, the not so drama one. You've been listening to Songs and Stories. Lunchtime, goodbye! If you have enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. To follow more stories, join us on Facebook at songsandstories.com.my or follow us on Twitter at Stories Malaysia. See you next time!